On this episode, sauntering, hoop skirts, mindful hiking, and a short film about a privately held stand of redwoods that will soon be open to the public. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Your hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Well, today on the Almost There Adventure podcast, as the start of our Women's History Month series, we have Michelle and Kenya from the Outdoor Journal Tour. So ladies, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yes, definitely. (laughs) As we both speak at the same time. Um, so I'm Michelle. I am um, half of the Outdoor Journal Tour. Um, I um, the I guess the what's what's my title now, Kenya? Chief Operating Officer yeah. slash uh, everything else that has to happen. <laughs> details Officer. All you're the CEO. You're the chief everything officer. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I guess we both are kind of that. So just for the sake of business cards, I think uh, her business card says COO, and um, I'm Kenya Jackson Salters, and I am the chief experience officer of the Outdoor Journal Tour. And what that entails is just making sure that our mindfulness content and all of our print content and all of our um, anything that we do as it relates to uh mindfulness or uh, the journaling or the meditation, the actual curriculum for that, that's kind of my wheelhouse. And for uh, people out there who are listening who don't know what the Outdoor Journal Tour is, do you want to sort of give a little overview? uh, I know that I'm very familiar with who you are and what you do, but even my co-hosts yeah, no, this is this this is all new to me, so I'm I'm extremely excited to hear about it. Yeah, and this is Jeff. Uh, we were having a conversation about this before we started the the show, and uh, I was like, "What's the tour part of this?" So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Ah, okay. Um, well, the Outdoor Journal tour, the elevator pitch goes a little something like this: uh, We are a hybrid health organization that combines the healing tenets of outdoor activity with introspective journaling and mindful meditation. So the idea is just to merge mindfulness and movement, especially in outdoor places. Um, And the the tour idea came into play when we first started in 2015. There are so many gorgeous spaces in Georgia, and we wanted to kind of travel to those different spaces to expose, you know, um, our, our ladies, our participants to those different spaces. And so the very first um, activation of, the outdoor journal tour was actually four weeks in one month and we went to a different park every uh every week and so that's where the tour started so now um what we do is we go um to different locations like uh we we had a chance to spend some time with adventurous women in bend oregon we've been to the bay a couple of times dc um, North Carolina, any place that we're called and there's a large enough group of women, you know, we'll kind of go out there and we'll be like, you know, on physical tour. But then also because of the mindfulness component, we're interested in helping people, you know, kind of navigate their own kind of mental and emotional spaces within their life. And so that can feel like a tour as well. So 
taking you from one mental space to another, taking you from one emotional space to another, always about growth and visiting different physical spaces, but also different emotional and mental states. So, so it can be a metaphorical uh, tour. Yes, it's both and. It is both and. So in, in Atlanta, we definitely, when we have our uh, different tours, we, we go to different places almost every time. We try to go to, you know, different places. So it's not like something where we meet up at one location every time we have a hike. You know, throughout the year, we, we visit different uh, locations within Georgia. And then now that we're traveling, um, we visit different locations as well, different cities and different states. What are some of the different parks and places you guys have uh, visited before in previous trips? Uh, we've gone to a lot of pretty cool places. Um, we did a Point Reyes in the Bay Area. Um, we also went to um, Redwood Regional in Oakland. Um, we did, uh, gosh, I'm going to screw up the names here. I believe it's Kings Mountain in Charlotte. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ari Crown in Chicago. Um cannot remember the one in dc and that's gonna bother me <laughs> i know me either um and lots of lots and lots of um different uh parks in georgia as well sweetwater and stone mountain um arabia mountain uh, pine mountain kennesaw mountain so um, pretty board. much everything Jeff within Gates. about an hour of atlanta mm-hmm. we've 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 been there wow that's a lot of mountains <laughs> <laughs> We've got a ton of mountains. We've got a ton of mountains. And we do, as a rule, because we are from an urban place, when we go visit um, the locations, uh, we usually go to, like, kind of major cities. We do try to keep our hikes, you know, accessible to people who live in urban areas. So we try to keep it in, like, a 30-minute to an hour radius outside of those cities as well when we go visit. Um, so so how did this all start? What's what's the origin story of, of your organization? Um, that's a fun story. Um, Kenya, do you want to <laughs> take that one or should I? Sure, I can take it. You know, it's so it's I just kept I have like the theme to like um the fresh prince like I wanted to just go upon <laughs> a time not long ago. That's what it feels like. Um so so 2015 uh you know, picture this is 2015. It's a it's it's the summer solstice, which is my favorite day of the year and I was dealing with some pretty heavy just like uh anxiety and depression. I've always kind of had um, that, uh, energy present in my life, trying to reframe the word struggle there, but, um, I've always had some anxiety and depression kind of present in my life. And at this particular point in 2015, it was kind of at a a really high peak. Uh, Michelle and I had just gotten married and, you know, I had everything that I thought I ever wanted in life. And I still kind of felt this kind of void and this emptiness. And so I invited a few of my friends to come up, uh, on stone mountain, one more mountain for you. Um, on Stone Mountain uh, to do just some journaling with me, you know, and there couldn't have been more than four of us. Like, I feel like there were maybe five, maybe five tops because Michelle, you were there too. So there were five people that went up and, you know, we were journaling and I had just made up this little thing, just some questions to ask, just having a conversation with my friends. It was very, very loosely organized. And um, at the end, I was like, you know, we should just do like a little short meditation. And when we opened our eyes from the meditation, there were two new women who had joined us and they were sitting there with us and meditating and opened their eyes and were like, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm looking kind of crazy at them. Like, where are you? And, you know, what are you doing here? And, you know, they were like, oh, we, this was awesome. We saw you all meditating. We heard you talking. We just really were excited. We really want to join the program. And, 
you know, I was thinking that, you know, there's no program, but Michelle always had this incredible, always had this incredible business mind was like, we'll take down your email address and we'll let you know the next time the program. You know, so, but I feel like, you know, in that moment, especially given the reason that I felt called to that mountain and what was happening with me, I felt like it was really kind of a, um, it was really kind of like, you know, a message, you know, from source or whatever, that this is something that could work. This is something that is desirable. And we put it together. This was in maybe, this was June, had to be June um, of 2015. And by the, by August um, in September of that year, September, you know, yeah, September, uh, we had a logo and we were the outdoor journal tour and we had our first four week, um, installment, um, in that September. And literally almost every time we went out during that first month, there were new people that joined us that we, that were not, that did not come with us. Um, <laughs> that became a very common, a very common thing. And so we just kind of ran with it from there. Uh, just, just out of curiosity now, when you're doing this journaling, is this like an exercise where you then share your journals? Are these more like personal journals that, you know, for people's own personal things? Is it a mix of both? Like, how does the journaling aspect of the tours work? Um, well, so for the first one, cause I actually remember what we did. I wrote this, I wrote this poem, uh, and it's called perspective. And it's like, it says on top of the hill at the summit, there's skill, but below at the bottom, there's hope. And I still remember that poem. And so what, what normally will happen is that I'll just give some sort of a prompt to people to write about. So because we had hiked up this mountain, I thought that poem was perfect. And I just wanted to talk about, you know, when you're at the top of a mountain, you've made this accomplishment and you're proud of yourself and you know it's awesome but what happens when you're at the bottom of a mountain what happens when you first set out on the journey on a journey and all you have is hope that you can make it and so we talked about that first time like where in your life are you at the summit you know looking around watching you know things and saying proud of yourself and where are your life are you at the bottom still just hoping that things can improve and that is normally kind of the way we do it like i think of a topic um, I think of something to kind of prompt the women, what would be a good thing to talk about, what's maybe current, what's, what's something that is coming up a lot of times in the, some of my therapeutic sessions or some of the conversations that I'm having, and I'll pose it to people. We give them an option to, to speak if they want to. Most of the time they do. A lot of people uh, want to express themselves, especially once they establish this is a sacred space and that they will be, you know, received well and welcome and that, um, you know, it's a place where they can share. But we, we've never really had an issue with, with people not wanting to talk. We almost always have to think about how do we get people to stop talking because they're so, <laughs> they're so excited to be asked about themselves. You know what I mean? So, How many hikes have you done to this point? Do you know? I think the last time, the last time I counted, we were close to about 50 over the last, um, I guess, four years now. Um, you know, and, and some of them were different. I'll say about 50 events because they weren't all necessarily hikes. We've done some other things too, like, um, yoga and journaling and, um, we did um, the numerology session and that sort of thing. So kind of this type of um, event, we've, we've, we've up towards 50. So I know for March, this is a big month for you guys. 
Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on and how people can get involved? Yes, absolutely. Um, so March is all about We Hike to Heal. Actually, um, you know, we're actually working on changing that a little bit because we really want We Hike to Heal to live on kind of throughout the entire year. But um, so We Hike to Heal is a campaign initiative, a movement that we started um, four years ago. Um, and basically the idea is kind of just expanding on the idea of the Outdoor Journal Tour. And that's, you know, connecting women with themselves, uh, with each other and with um, the outdoors and just finding healing in that, finding respite in that um, and kind of growing and expanding, um, you know, the our perspective and the space in which we occupy. So um, basically for the entire month of March, um, we are, you know, talking about this idea of healing in the outdoors um, on social media and um, within our um like email newsletter community and each month each week throughout the month um we well when by we i mean kenya um, <laughs> um she puts together this really great um mindfulness content i'll let her tell y'all a little bit uh, more about that but each week throughout the month um we share this uh this information virtually so everybody can participate so there's um you know a conversation on social media um people doing their own individual work um, thinking through some of the journaling prompts, um, doing some of the exercises. And then at the end of the month, we basically um, kind of close the whole experience with group hikes all around the world. Um, and we had a goal for 2020 to have 50 hikes. Um, and I'm so happy that we made it. We actually have 57 hikes right now. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, with a few more that will still, I think, uh, at least two more that are still coming in. But, um, you know, we've we've really been able to expand this. And I'm just so excited about the fact that, you know, that that this resonates with so many people. Um you know, that there's a woman in India that found, you know, our campaign and wanted to be a part of it and is leading a hike. You know, I just it's it's really humbling and really just um, exciting, really, really exciting. But I'll let Kenya talk a little bit more kind of about the um, the pillars and what we're doing this year and all of that. Oh, yes. Pillar time. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we um, in 20 I know did y'all catch that y'all see what I did there yeah, yeah I did yeah, yeah, that was we good got yeah I did <laughs> now are you gonna actually live up to the challenge and wrap this whole thing or not are we gonna I actually yeah. am not I actually am not I'm like drinking Coca-Cola so I can have a little bit of caffeine so it's kind of <laughs> turning me up a little bit um, so one of the things that, that sets us apart and that we're really proud about with outdoor journals for in general is that, you know, from our inception, we really have worked to make sure that there is some sort of like guided function to what we're doing. Um, so it's, it's always movement and mindfulness. And so in 2018, we published a journal, um, that kind of serves as the curriculum for, our heights and that journal is um, organized into four different pillars and their mind relationships body and community 
And so there's like different exercises and journaling prompts and challenges within each of those pillars that can be used individually or can be used within um, groups or, you know, you can do them outside, you can do them with a friend. There's all these different things that can happen. And the book was called The Journal of Mindful Movement. And so um, now we've been using that text for about, I guess, two years. And so um, this year, still going to go um, in the same vein with the pillar. So we'll still be having um, each of our weeks will have those themes. But instead of just doing kind of email, um, email challenges and, and using the journal, we actually have some new masterclass teachers that are coming in, some people who are thought leaders in these particular areas who are going to come in and actually teach and interact with the We Hike to Heal registrants. And I am ecstatic about it because, of course, for the, for the last four years we've been doing this, all the curriculum has come from me. And, you know, I, I think I'm awesome, but I also think that there's a lot of other people, you know, who are out there who do this work and uh, who, who are noteworthy and who people are already following and already kind of, you know, seeking out for this type of content. And so to have them on board with us this year and be able to offer our registrants both. So they will still get the emails from me. They will still get the exercises from me based on these specific topics, but then they'll also have access to these really cool masterclasses with these thought leaders that are just going to kind of put the icing on the cake to make sure that everyone's getting a very full um, experience this year for We Hike the Hill. This is our first time doing this, so we're really excited about it. Very cool. And um, do you want to tell people how they can sign up for um, to participate for the month? And it's and we're going to be we're going to be putting this out at the beginning of March. So there's still plenty of time. And for people who um, who have who might hear it a little bit later, I think this is not like a time sensitive thing. Right. People can sign up retroactively retroactively and still get the information. Or do they need to sign up at the beginning? We'll link back to all of the previous um, content. I mean, obviously, at the end of the month, it'll, you know, kind of. uh you know, some of the stuff will be over with, but the content will still be there and we'll always link back to that when people sign up. So yeah, definitely. But um, to register, people just should go to www.wehike2heal.org um, and just click join. And there is um, a few different registration levels. Um, we have a free option, which basically uh, gets you access to the weekly emails. Um, and then we have a $5 option, which will get you either a patch, a We Hike to Heal 2020 patch, or a four-pack of stickers. Um, very cute new uh, We Hike to Heal 2020 stickers. Um, and then we have the Fortify option, which includes the interactive workbook, which we have not even talked about yet, which is so cool and awesome. And um, we're really excited that we were able to get this created. Um, because it is um, it is an ebook, but it is interactive. So you know, as you have a journaling prompt, you can actually, if you have an iPad or iPhone or whatever type of device you're using, computer, you can basically just you know type right into that document, which is great because you you know can keep it all together, which is beautiful. So that is the Fortify um, registration level. That's twenty bucks, and then Vitalize is 25 bucks and it includes that um, same workbook and either a patch or a four pack of stickers. 
So there's options. <laughs> So Very many cool. and then people, so many options, and then people can also find hikes that are happening at the end of the month. There, right? Absolutely. Yep. Um, everything lives on wehiketoheal.org. Um, there, it, basically, the menu will is pretty self-explanatory. There's a link um, for all of the group hikes. Um, there is also a link for the participant portal. So once you register at any level, um, you will have access to the participant portal. And basically, it just it houses more information. Um, it has information about the live master classes. Um, the schedule, you know, of when when everything is happening, some other mindfulness um, resources, some of our favorite um, guided meditations and different things like that, um, and then um, contacts to all of our partners um, and all of their information as well. And there's so much on there. <laughs> and there's also the resource guide. Um, which is um, a couple of different things. We have information on like, you know, what is mindfulness? You know, mindful, mindfulness 101, just a very, you know, brief introduction to mindfulness, introduction to meditation, um, introduction to hiking, hiking 101. Obviously, you know, some of this, some, some of the folks that join us are already well-versed in some of these things and some aren't, but I think there's good information in all of it. Um, and then it also has... Um, all of our partner information as well. So how to find them, what their missions are, um, and why they're so awesome. Cool. Uh, and um, just uh, uh, taking it back even further, like, now did you guys grow up hiking in, in the indoors? Like, how did you guys find out, when did hiking be like become a part of your lives and how did it, you know, become such a prevalent part of your lives? Ooh, good question. Um, I did not grow up hiking. Um, well, either. I, I would say I, I grew up um, spending a lot of time outdoors, but um, never really thought about it as hiking, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I guess maybe, too, because our experience was a little bit different. Um, my grandparents, um, I grew up in Germany, and my, um, my grandparents had a garden plot um, kind of behind their apartment. We spent a lot of time there um, when I was a kid. Um, so really, really, really just that's kind of ingrained in me um, in a big part of kind of my um, upbringing. Um, and then in college, I got more um kind of more into more active pieces of it not just the you know hanging out in the grass and that sort of thing and, you know being more active and that sort of thing and um when Kenya and I started dating um we you know she kind of introduced me to a whole different um way of kind of dealing with life um, and kind of handling, you know, different things that come our way and emotions and all of that. And I really felt connected when I was outside. So when I was outside, I felt like I could have some of those conversations. I've always said, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I am so not a feels person, like emotions, uh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, and, you know, Kenya, of course, is the opposite. I've gotten much better over the years, um, you know, and have found a way to kind of manage that. But it's kind of, you know, so my outdoor experience has kind of morphed into that. But it definitely started as, um, you know, walks in the woods with my grandparents and riding bikes and that sort of thing. 
And, you know, I was even less outdoorsy than that. Um, I've always been the kind of person that, like, liked to be outside. So, like, say if, you know, I'm hanging out with my friends for drinks or we're going to go grab brunch or lunch or something, I always wanted to, like, kind of sit outside, always was a patio girl, never wanted to be inside. Part of that is because I'm always cold, so I always like being in places where it's warm. And now something about the sun has always been, like, you know, I just, I love the sun. I, I like it hot, too. Like, we're in Georgia, it gets 90 degrees, and I'm fine. Like, I'm fine with 90 degrees. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, no air condition in the car, roll the windows down. Like, I've always, always had, <laughs> seriously, I've always had, like, this this affinity for, like, being outside. Now, hiking specifically is not something that I ever thought to do. And even um, the day that we went and we um, climbed that mountain in 2015, you know, and I've said this in a couple of other interviews and a couple of other podcasts that, you know, different communities have a different relationship with language around um, how we utilize outdoor spaces. So that particular mountain, Stone Mountain, you know, is a mountain that a lot of my friends, you know, you know, hike every, every week, but the terminology isn't hike. You know, we say, Oh, I'm going to go do the mountain. You know, I'm going to do the mountain on Saturday. And it doesn't translate the same, you know, to people in outdoor spaces. So, you know, I never consider myself outdoorsy or a hiker, although I had probably climbed stone mountain umpteen times. It was, you know, something that I would do when I was a runner, like, you know, there were, there were, or we would go on nature walks, I guess, but we never really considered it to be hiking. It wasn't until, um, we got kind of, um, picked up, if you will, by the outdoor industry and some of the major players in the outdoor industry that we started to really look at what we were doing as hiking. Um, and, and really started to really use that language. I think before that, we were just like, we, we like going outside, we like being outside. And that was just kind of the language. So that's, that's part of the reason why we design our program the way we do, because we know that there are people who are interested in taking advantage of outdoor spaces and doing outdoor activity, but they may not use the same language. Um, and so we try to make sure that everything is, you know, accessible and friendly and people understand, you know, like, oh, no, we're just going to go outside and, you know, have fun. It sounds like it's it's uh, designed to make it le- more accessible. You know, it's not going to intimidate people that this Absolutely. is some, you know, I've got to have, I've got to gear up, you know, or mm-hmm. right. whatever. Because that is incredibly, you know, the gear thing is incredibly intimidating. And it's also really expensive. And sometimes it's necessary and sometimes it isn't, you know. And so we try to make sure that in the midst of, you know, exposing the communities that we have the opportunity to be a part of, you know, to that um but also, you know, we let them know, like, you know, these are the times when you do need gear. These are the times when you don't. And if you do need gear, this is where you can go and get it. You know, it doesn't have to be an arm and a leg. You know, we, we uh, play in that space as well. I was thinking about um, John Muir, who talked. He didn't like the word hiking. He he preferred okay. the word sauntering. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to okay. go saunter in the, in the, in the woods for a while. Saunter. Saunter is super sexy. I don't know if I've ever sauntered, but I'm definitely going to do it next time for a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hiking is kind of hard. Like when you listen to it, it does sound kind of hard. <laughs> right. It, it yeah. sounds like, you know, it sounds very purposeful and driven and, yeah. and, and it's yeah. not always about that. Sometimes it's just about being outside and enjoying where you are and being in the moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. For me, when I'm, when we're doing big mountains and elevation and you know, you're basically getting your butt kicked. I always like tell mm-hmm. people, I'm like, I just imagine that I'm in a Jane Austen novel and I've got a hoop skirt <laughs> and I'm just like strolling, just taking yeah. my time as I like can't breathe because I'm at elevation. Right, right. I'm like, I just have this <laughs> other image, right? Like I'm not suffering up a mountain. I am just one step in front of the other. But, but it, walking. Do, you, do you have the latest Gore-Tex hoop skirt? That's yeah, what I want right. to know. Yeah. Um, I do not. <laughs> I, uh, I'm I am not. I am not a tech skirt girl. I, I just think about cheeseburgers. That's yeah. when I'm suffering and dying. I'm like, there's a cheeseburger several hours in my future, uh, right. or several days in my future, depending on what trip I'm doing. But that's generally what I think of. I'm like, man, that cheeseburger is going to be great. Are either of you doing this full time yet, or is this still both a, you know, passion project? That is a trick question because we both do it full time, but we also have other jobs. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. That's, I can totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do. I work, um, I work full time corporate America sales. I travel a lot as, as you all know. Um, and in Kenya has a whole practice on the side, which is probably a little bit more, um, intertwined, um, uh, than, than my nine to five, but we definitely both have other projects. Um, and I mean, well, I'll let you speak Kenya, but she's got a lot of other stuff going on too. Yeah. I mean, we, we both, we both have other, other gigs, if you will. Um, but outdoor journal tour, quite honestly, is becoming larger. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, I want to be sure to communicate today is that when we came into this, uh, experience that has become the outdoor journal tour, we were not looking to start a business, right? Like it wasn't a situation where we sat back and thought, Hey, we should merge mindfulness and movement. And we should (laughs) get women to get like, that was not it. You know, it was a situation where we literally, I had an experience that was personal people, um, showed up for that experience. They asked for a program that I had the time. Um, and, and now because they were there, the inspiration to build, Michelle has the type of mind that wanted things to be organized, you know, even in the midst of doing what we did, there was, there was, there was not intentionality to actually formalize this and make this a business until probably 2017, to be honest. Um, and you know, that's when we started getting approached by brands and we started getting approached by you know, different um, organizations that wanted to work with us and they wanted to understand what we were doing. And we had to sit back and say, well, what, what are, you know, what are we doing? Um, and I think because of that, uh, our intentionality about what we want to do with Outdoor Journal Tour has always been incredibly like pure and it's been very driven um, by what we think the women are asking for and by what we feel like they need. And so the idea of this being full-time work, being able to, you know, support ourselves financially and all that, all of those kind of thoughts and realities didn't even start popping up in our brains until probably maybe a year ago when we realized that we could do that. 
So there was always kind of like, well, how are we going to pay these bills? Because the Outdoor Journal Tour <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't even something that we thought about in that capacity. I mean, now, quite honestly, I definitely do think about it in that capacity. But, you know, initially that wasn't the goal. And I'm actually really happy about that because I think it was able to grow organically um, and we were able to, you know, get whatever level of um, support from a very just, you know, organic place, you know, and now after being in business for, you know, four, almost five years, now, you know, we have the leverage and and the influence to actually create something financially that can be lucrative enough for us to maybe walk away from full-time work. And I would say maybe a year or so, but that was just, that wasn't the attention. So we, we kept, we kept full-time jobs. That's awesome. It's cool to see that something that you love and are passionate about and that are sharing with other people is something that can actually turn into a viable business. Uh, yeah, I'm really I'm, I love the way that you've inspired people to get out and to experience the outdoors and to kind of integrate the out, being outdoors with the mindfulness element. And, you know, that's that's really cool. Yeah, so I would encourage people to definitely check out the website, sign up, register for Hike to Heal this month, and then they have that whole list of events. I'm going to be leading one of those hikes on the 28th here in Los Angeles. Hey. Yay! <laughs> is, that, is that Runyon Canyon? No, no where uh, is Eaton it? Canyon. So we're going to okay. be doing one at Eaton Canyon. So Very cool. you can either find the link on, um, yeah, so just go, if you go to their web, if you go to the wehiketoheal.org website, you can find my hike listed under Adventurous Women on the 28th. Um, we'd love to have people join us. Definitely hope that women check it out. And we're really excited that you're going to be, uh, this episode is going to be the one kicking off women's history month and really focusing on getting women outdoors and community and all that sort of stuff. So, and I just, I would just like to say our experience with, with adventurous women has been so amazing. Not only has Severia been phenomenal, but everybody on your team has been phenomenal. And then the women that we met when we, when we came out to Bend, Oregon have been so supportive, Severia. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's a really good group. Really, really good group of people. Yeah. That we've kept in contact with now for like months and months and months, like actual, like solid relationships. And so, you know, adventurous women is a, is a really, really awesome organization. And, you know, um, you know, true story. We look at like some of the ways that you um, kind of built your business and how you have kind of, especially aesthetically, like that was something that was really inspirational to Michelle and I, you know, for our 2020 strategic plan. So I just have to shout you all out. I know that this is a podcast about us, but this, you have been a huge, huge, huge <laughs> inspiration. Seriously. And I, I, I would just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I didn't say that. I mean, it. Yeah. 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 So Thank Severia you is blushing. So Severia <laughs> is like bright red and like glowing yeah, no. right now. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I think she's it's, floating it's, off it's, the floor. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's also oh. levitating. So she's blushing <laughs> and levitating at the same time. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Yeah. The, lo- the love is mutual, and I'm excited that you're coming back to Bend for our event this year for oh, the escape. Absolutely. So, yay! 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 I'm really glad that you uh, gave a shout out to Severia and Adventurous Women because she doesn't she doesn't do nearly a good enough job of tooting her own horn. So <laughs> she she needs cheerleaders on the side who toot that horn yeah. for her. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But anyways, well, I'm excited for this whole month of women, and I'm appreciative of my co-hosts uh, for being supportive of this who, who whole are idea. Who not women, but yeah. 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 Supportive of all the lady love this we month. We need men to support, to support I know. us, too, you know? Good allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, ladies, thanks, yeah, thank ladies. you so much thank for taking so much. the time, and um, we can't wait to uh, hopefully see you out and about one of these days. Well, you'll see oh. me very soon. Well, I, I guess know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. And for the second part of our episode, we're going to be talking to my friend, Teresa Baker, about a short documentary film that she was uh, instrumental in getting made, about a pristine private stand of Redwoods that are soon to be open to the public. She got an early preview, and she's going to tell us all about it. Joining us today, we have a good friend of mine and a, an amazing figure in the outdoor industry who's pioneering a lot of important issues of diversity and inclusion and such, uh, Teresa Baker. Welcome to the uh, Almost Air Adventure podcast, Teresa. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, well, the reason we're having you on today is you have a, a brand new movie, which uh, which has just come out. Yes, I do. We will introduce it to to the world tomorrow morning for our listeners this is coming out three or four days after it comes out so <laughs> so you yeah. don't have to wait you'll be able to see it yes you don't have to as wait as soon as you hear this you'll be able to find it yeah <laughs> right. exactly yeah we, it, it's taking it's taken some time to get all the pieces together and everyone on the right page so it's coming out. It, it will be out by the time this airs. Well, why don't we? Why don't you tell everyone what this uh, story is about and where you guys shot and, and how it all came together? Sure. Oh gosh, I want to say maybe six, seven months ago, I reached out to Save the Redwoods League. I had heard about a piece of land that they had purchased from uh, a, a private. Um, resource from a family and I reached out to save the Redwoods League and I said hey it would be awesome if you were to give me the opportunity to create a film on what what is now called the Harold Richardson Grove um, and you know the league said yes and I brought together about 20 um, DEI agents, leaders from various communities, and we got together with um, Brian from um, the Outbound Collective and an amazing film crew um, from Wonder Camp and created this film, and it's, it's super amazing. That's so cool. And just just for our listeners who are new, maybe new to the, these issues and whatever, do you want to tell them what the the DEI agent stands for, so they don't think that it's uh, immigration or CIA officers? Well, well, yeah, that would be good, right? Yeah. Um, DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Some people call it Jedi, which is justice equity, diversity, and inclusion, and it speaks to the the greater need for underrepresented communities to become involved in efforts around environmental protection and such. So we partner with a lot of land agencies, a lot of community um, organizations, a lot of brands, 
a lot of NGOs, which are non-government um, offices, and we do this work in partnership with them. Oh, that's so cool. And um, do you want to, I mean, I guess let's kind of just get more nerdy and high, and, and just talk about the, the, the Redwoods themselves and the place itself. What was it like hiking in the stand that really not not very many people have, have been there or seen this because it's been privately held for, so, for, for all these years, right? Right. This is a privately owned grove. Uh, the public has never stepped foot on this um, land. And um, <clears throat> the family you know, passed it on to save the Redwoods League in hopes of them protecting it moving forward, which they are. So it's not open to the public just yet. They're working on determining which agency, if any, will be, you know, managing this area. It's amazingly beautiful. There aren't any trails. It's super quiet. And if you were to hold me captive, I could not tell you how to get there. Uh, we took so <laughs> many, <laughs> it's crazy. We took so many back roads. I initially thought, are they intentionally doing this so that we will not know the way down? <laughs> <laughs> Blindfolded. I have never, never been in this part of Sonoma County before, but it's amazingly private and beautiful. And, I can't wait for the public to finally have the opportunity to see it in person. Teresa, how big is the property? Do you know, like, overall? I believe it's over 700 acres. Wow. Um, And it's adjacent to other um, patches of open space that are that's currently privately held as well. So it, uh, I believe that the league said it's over 700 acres, this, this specific grove. That, that's amazing. And, and do you have any insight? Are they going to build some trails through it? Are they, are they going to try to keep it more wildernessy? Any, any general sense of what the plans for, for it are? Yeah, I don't have all those plans. Um, the, it, it wasn't you know, shared with us what their plans were other than to keep it as wild as possible, um, which I think is the best move because there's so few areas that are underdeveloped right now. And I would love for this area to be as underdeveloped as possible, but I don't know, you know, all their plans for the area right now. When you were making the film, is there one moment that sort of stands out still in your mind or something that was really impactful from that experience? For me, it was just having the people show up. Um, You know, we weren't paid to do any of this. It was a simple ask that I made of these people, and they said yes, and they showed up. And we had everyone, we had big city mountaineers fly in, Amanda, to participate. We had representatives from uh, Groundworks Richmond. We had... um, gosh, government agencies there. All of these people simply said yes to my ask. And I'm always surprised when that happens. It was sounds like it was a very incredible experience for everyone involved. It was. I mean, it, it's just Amanda, for instance, had never seen Redwoods before. And she had tears in her eyes. And I think the film crew made an attempt to show her reaction to being there. It's amazing to see 
a first reaction of someone um, seeing a redwood for the first time? <laughs> I, I have to say, and I have to bring up like the, the elephant in the room, which is, I think I was the um, initial person <laughs> that you had reached out to make this. And then you fired me with like a month to go and brought in. And I, I'm, I'm of course kidding. I'm not really bitter, but, but I, you know, I was kind of, uh, now that I see it, I'm like, I'm a little I'm like, oh man, that would have been such a cool thing to do, but they did do an amazing job. So, so no, no real bitterness, but, but uh, yeah, the, watching it this morning, I'm like, oh man, I was kind of, kind of bummed to it to have missed it. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Camp is a great company. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that they committed to this film, and I feel horrible about not having you involved. Jason, you're amazing. You know I love the work that you do, and I am so thankful for the time that you've given me in the past working on our prior film. So I, I'm sorry that... You know, it didn't work out that we could have you there, but uh, I'm thankful for everyone who was involved. Yeah, no, of course. And and uh, any opportunity we get, uh, I like to plug it. The way I met uh, Teresa actually was on a on a project that she had done with our mutual friend Robert Hanna uh, and a few others uh, called Diversity and Inclusion in Our Wild Spaces. And, and a whole group of us got together and uh, we shot it in Yosemite Valley and, and had a lot of really great conversations. We'll have a, a link to that movie in the show notes, uh, which which came out really good and was cool. was a really great and exciting experience. Cool. And it's funny, I still get calls about that film. People asking if they can show it or if I can come and have a talk on it. So that was an amazing opportunity and I am thankful for it. But, you know, we don't have to bring up Robert Hanna again in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had a chance to, to get a preview of the film with Jason earlier today, as he mentioned, and wow, it really is beautiful. Um, the They captured the expressions and the emotions of the people as they walked through this this um, grove of you know trees some of them 1600 years old this is just amazing do you can you can you talk a little bit about uh, what the plans are to open this up to the public at some point i originally thought they were planning on opening it in 2020 but from what i'm hearing it will not open to the public until 2021 um, there's a lot of work. There's absolutely nothing there. No trails, no restrooms, nothing. So there's a lot of work that needs to go into it. You know, if, if they are going to privately manage it, there needs to be, you know, something there so that whomever is on site will have housing or some type of plumbing needs to be put in place. So, there's absolutely nothing there, which which I love personally. I, I totally understand that in order to open it to the public, there has to be something. There needs to be plumbing. There needs to be something in place so that, you know, it's safe for visitors. A trail would be nice, but there's so much work that, that lies ahead. And um, I, I'm thankful that, say, the Redwoods League has taken on um, such a space that the general public will be in awe of once they're able to step foot on it. Can you tell us a little bit about Save the Redwoods League for people who don't know? Sure. Save the Redwoods League is a nonprofit here in California, and they fight for conservation efforts um, around redwoods. Um, 
Avenue of the Giants is how I first became aware of, say, the Redwood League. With all the Redwood Groves there, I started reading up on the agencies that protect these areas, and Save the Redwoods League was one of those agencies. And they're tasked with, you know, purchasing these groves so that they can remain um, undeveloped. And, you know, a, a lot of families over the years have, or private owners over the years, have reached out to save the Redwoods League to create um, opportunities for them to purchase this land. And it's an amazing organization that's um, doing amazing work around environmental protection, especially in regards to our various Redwood groves throughout California. Where is this movie going to live? How can people watch it? It will land on the Outbound Collective social media sites, websites. Um, <clears throat> we partnered with Visit California, KOA, so it'll be on their social media feeds. Um, it will be on the Outdoor CEO Diversity Pledge social media feeds. Um all the agencies that were involved in, in, in sending people to be part of the film, it will be on their social media feeds. Um, it's already been submitted to various film fests across the country. So after tonight, or by the time this airs, you know, people should have easy access to it. It will even land on YouTube. So it'll be all over the place. And we'll make sure we link to it in the show notes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, it'll be in our show notes and on our social media as well. Well, well Teresa, thanks thanks so much for, for, for everything that you do in, in this space and, and, and to help with the outdoors and diversity and all that. Um, you should Everyone, you should really definitely check out this movie. We uh, Jeff and I watched it this morning, and it's fantastic. And again, thanks again, Teresa. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I look forward to working with you again, Jason, soon. Me, <laughs> me as well. Me as well. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Almost There Adventure podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at almost there underscore AP, or of course, find us on Facebook and other social media places. Almost There, our, our title music was performed by Opus Orange and is provided to us courtesy of Emoto Music. And if you want to follow us individually, you can follow Severia at Adventure Us Women. That's Adventure US Women. You can follow Jeff at the SoCal Hiker, and you can follow me at the Muir Project. Make sure to check out our next episode, which rather than two weeks is only going to be a week from now as we are doing one episode every week for the month of March to celebrate Women's History Month. Uh, our next episode, uh, before winter gets too far in the rearview mirror, we're going to talk to somebody who rode 40 straight hours in the snow and it's a, a pretty amazing listen and a pretty amazing feat. So make sure to check us out. Thanks again for listening. 